the Women of Color STEM Conference presents Choose Your Words, Change Your Future. Top Money-Making Communication Techniques, a professional development seminar. Featuring National Industrial Business Operations Director for NAVAIR, Adrian Somerville. CIO Project Manager for Raytheon Company, Rikia Higgins. And Director for the U.S. Army, Eric Moore. Do you know what you are really saying? Before you speak a single word, you have already said so much. Your body language, facial expressions, and attitude tell their own story. A strong leader knows how to say what she means. Her voice is strong, her points are clear, and she talks about the big picture. She invests in increasing her vocabulary and uses language that reflects core values, missions, and goals. She can take these skills straight to the bank as she rises to the top. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents Choose Your Words, Change Your Future, Top Money-Making Communication Techniques, a professional development seminar, featuring Adrian Somerville, Rikia Higgins, and Eric Moore. Money-Making Communication Techniques Seminar. I am Dr. Eric Moore. I'm the uh, director of the Combat Capabilities Development Command Chemical Biological Center. Answer a lot. Where, where is it? <laughs> it used to just be called the Edwards uh, Chemical Biological Center, or ECBC. But I tell people just call it CBC now. Now, beyond that, um, I'm joined with some very, very, I'm telling you, these are some awesome ladies. I'm very privileged to be a, a last minute ad to this panel to get to meet these wonderful ladies. So to my immediate left is uh, Ms. Adrienne Somerville. She is a graduate of Norfolk State University. She completed graduate school at Florida Institute of Technology. Now this lady has a lot of education, so just wait till I get through some of this. <laughs> Georgetown University and Harvard University. Um, and I think she might even have a JD in her future down the road. Um, she's presently, um, the Natural Business Operations Director overseeing supply chain management and maintenance repair um, and overhaul requisition for the Department of the Navy. Next, I have Ms. Rakia Higgins. She's been a mechanical engineer for 20 years. I'm like, for real? You just, <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you a baby when you were to school? <laughs> right? Both of these ladies, right? But she's um, a, a graduate originally of um, Tuskegee University, and she also went to uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic, Rensselaer, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute for her master's. She has, she's, her training is in mechanical engineering. Um, she's worked for 10 years at uh, General Motors and an additional 10 years at Raytheon, where she currently works as the staff executive CIO project manager and is doing outstanding work. And we're gonna hear from these uh, wonderful ladies today. Just a few administrative notes first. First and foremost, 
Um, please remember to have your badges scanned when entering and leaving the session. Only scan badges will be counted towards CEUMP DH credits. So if you want uh, continuing education unit and professional development uh, hours, the Morgan State desk out in the front is where you can go. Also, we have uh, surveys, so please complete the seminar surveys. A link will be sent to you via registration site. Also, the PowerPoint slides will be posted after the conference. It can be viewed at um, www.slideshare.net slash ccgmag. Additionally, please, as you're asking questions or we're having dialogue, speak into the microphones since the seminars will be recorded or being recorded. And last but not least, remember to stay in touch with other Women of Color conference attendees by downloading the Women of Color app available under the Career Communications Group in the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store. Additionally, follow us on Twitter at uh, Women of Color Technology, as well as Facebook, Women of Color and Technology STEM Conference. And with that, we're getting ready to have some fun and have an outstanding uh, session here. Thank you. Thank you, Eric, for that awesome um, introduction. So good morning, everyone. How are you? Women of Color 2019, give it up. So for those that have entered, um, we passed out some clappers. I know you all didn't think you were going to have cardio and go to church today. But um, get your clappers, because this is going to be very dynamic and engaging. So we definitely want you to be interactive. Um, so I know you thought you were going to come and talk about money, and that was going to be the key. All be how many clap if you thought you were going to come and talk about money. This is going to be all about money. Good answer. Thank you. Appreciate that. But we're going to go even deeper than that. Um, in order to get to exactly where you want to from a monetary perspective, you know the inside has to be right in order to be able to project and get what you want to get on the outside. So how many people know, they, they know exactly what they want to be when they grow up? Uh, click with me now, y'all got to click it. So I know you're alive and you're out there. How many people believe they are close to finding and or figuring out what their purpose really is? That's okay, that's, that's progress, we'll take it, we'll take it. Um, and how many people believe there's still bigger and broader dreams? There's something inside that hasn't been fully unleashed that you believe you need to kind of harvest a little bit more to get you to that. Well, then you're in the right place. That's exactly what we're all about, progress, right? You see progress, 2019. So when, when we're going through this mode of identifying what we need to do, because see, the money's gonna come when the passion and the purpose are in alignment. That's just natural. That's just law of attraction, kind of basic stuff. So these are the attributes and things that we need to do to kind of get ourselves ready and prepared. Um, so knowing, I always say, I do a self-assessment. How many people believe in 360? Now, sometimes we don't need people to tell us what we already know, right? We already know we got some things we need to work out. We have some things in our heart that's not right. We have some people we have to forgive. We have some, some anxious or anxiety about certain things in our life that we haven't really dealt with. But those are the things that we need to kind of look at and assess. What's in our heart? What makes you smile every day? Going to work, making a lot of money, that doesn't necessarily make you happy. Now, how many of us have been in positions where it was a good job, but really it didn't bring me the joy I wanted in my life? You see what I'm saying? Um, but so, and ask yourself, I'm a big believer in legacy leadership. 
So I like to go into places and in positions and make them better when I leave than they were when I entered. So it's about leaving a legacy. So, you know, no, and that's just leaving your mark in a very positive way, whether it's passing the torch, whether it's um, instilling and or instituting new policies and processes, but do this assessment of yourselves to say, these are the things that you want um, and be authentic and be real. Now, this is a forum where we're gonna have some real talk so that's what I like to call it anyway. So feel free to be open and honest and candid um, about what you feel and or what you think going forward. But alignment is key in order to yield realization to ultimately get to what you want to obtain. So we're gonna shift our actions and I'm not really big in talking behind a mic because I like to be closer to you guys, um, but shifting your words into action. So there are several things that we have to do when we start to prepare ourselves to make all this money that we're about to make that we have to do on the inside. Um, and leadership classes, how many of us have taken a leadership program with our company? Now, how many of us have been taught decision-making in those leadership classes? That's important. The ability to decide to do your SWOT analysis, to assess your strengths and weaknesses, and all your threats, and those are things that we have to do. Decision-making is hard because what do we fear? Someone shout it out. Exactly, exactly, we, we fear failure. But the honesty, I never look at failure as fail. You know what failure is? It's a data point. It's a decision-making data point where we decide we're going to course correct. So it's not really about failure. I, I totally removed that word from my vocabulary. It doesn't really exist. I move throughout life getting insights and opportunities that allow me to make fact-based decisions based on all those different data points. Whether you stumble, whether you stagger, it's all a data point to just kind of prepare you. Nothing's happening to you anyway. It's all happening for you. So declare what your vision is. Own it. Um, do your assessment about your authentic self and then decide decide. Decision. Deciding to be here is a huge win, right? That's a decision in itself to take the time. You're missing something somewhere, but you've made a conscientious, deliberate decision to take in some new opportunities, to meet some new people, because you all are networking, right? You're exchanging. See, you guys have got it. You've got it already. Clarity. Um, now, how many of us know what we want to do, but it's still not very clear? We have a lot of things. So let me educate you guys on a myth I learned when I was at Harvard. So um, you know, years ago, when you go to a job interview and you say, you know, my strength is I can manage multiple priorities. Lies. <laughs> Lies. Nobody is managing. I can't even fold clothes and listen to the news. You, you got to stop because I got to hear. Now, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. But the reality is you have got to have some clarity. There is no doing multiple things and managing multiple. It's a myth. I was so happy when they taught me that. And they taught me that um, there's no work-life balance. I was liberated. You know, it, there's a rhythm to life. But getting clear on exactly what you want is very key. You know, I want to start a business. So, well, what's the business going to be? Well, what type of business? And who? what are the opportunities? And who's the target? Like, you really got to get clear in what you really want, your vision, and what you really want, your goals, and what you want out of life. Very key. Um, predictive. So, now, when I say predictive, I mean truly understanding that, you know, God is going to open every opportunity. It's just going to all, well, maybe, but maybe not, right? I have some work to do. So I want to be predictive because I'm going to be deliberate in doing exactly what I need to do based on my clear vision that's going to predict exactly the outcome. 
there's no other way it's going to, because I've lined and stacked all these opportunities and all these goals and objectives with intention and purpose to get the results. So I know I can predict my outcomes. So for those that believe that, you know, I'm going to sit and wait and things are going to happen, um, we have some work to do. See, no, there's nothing like avoid being a spectator in your own life, right? This is my life. I own it. I'm going to determine what it's going to look like. I'm going to guide my own course and where there is no trail, we're gonna create one because that's what women do. Um, results, so I, I call, who has an accountability partner? My BFF, my partner, my girlfriend that call you out when you know sometimes, girlfriends can call you out a little too much sometimes, but we need that, right? Because this is about measuring and having measure, measurable and meaningful results. For me, Meaningful is measurable, right? I have to stack my success one day at a time, right? You have to make progress one day at a time. You have to hold yourself accountable for your goals. How many people do vision boards? And I know some people think it's a little crafty, but the reality is if I can see it and I can measure it, then I can achieve it. That's very key, seeing it, measuring it, holding myself accountable. I was supposed to call that person. I didn't really feel like having that conversation, but that's the conversation I need to position myself for my next move. So we wanna do that. Um, decisiveness, I'm gonna go into these a little bit. Um, one big thing, what is the one big thing? And even, let's bring it even closer to just this forum, Women of Color 2019. What's the one big thing you want to get out of this event? Set that as your goal. Know it, when I leave, I'm going to have accomplished what? The one big thing. And then start doing little things throughout the next couple of days to make that possible. Whether it's I wanna meet 10 people, whether I'm targeting a particular company, whether I want to be, you know, last year, I'll tell you a little secret, I'm gonna go off. Um, we're gonna go off. Last year, I sat in the audience and I said, you know what? I was a winner in 2011. I've had several people in my team win. I'm gonna be on that stage next year, watch. And I, I was determined one big thing to meet who I needed to meet and find out how do you get to become a speaker? I was even telling my colleagues, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But start stacking your accomplishments upon one upon one upon each other and put yourself in the position to win. Um, now, when an opportunity presents itself, we got to be what? Prepared. We have got to do your homework, do your research. Sit up all night, call whoever you need to call. Half the time, you know, I'm an introvert. I know you all don't think that. I have to like psych myself up to go meet with people. But stepping outside of my comfort zone is the only way I'm able to grow. And I would submit to you, that's probably something you all experience. Sometimes you just don't want to do it, but you've got to do it. Um, and then you feel better once you've done it. Um, wrap yourself around people who are like-minded and who are positive. I'm a positive leader. I think that's the only way to get through some of those tough times. And you will find that you're more alike than you are different. So start with where you are alike. And when you need help, don't be afraid to sound the alarm. I used to have a boss that said, you know, yell, Ray, save the watch if you're drowning. Sometimes you have to do that. You know, look, I need some help. I'm a little confused, but be, it's okay to do that. You're not on an island of your own. So clarity, clear, vivid. If it's fuzzy to you, it's fuzzy to people who are trying to help you, right? You have to know exactly what you want. You have to be able to articulate what you want. And you have to speak with confidence. Because see, when you are confident, you are competent. Even when you're not really that competent, but people don't know. Because you're so confident, they're like, oh, she's got it together. And you leave like, Lord, I hope I said the right thing. Um, 
But being confident and competent is a good way to be action-oriented. Um, and I'm about making massive moves, making miracles, and making my money. So that's what my little M cube, M to the third power for all my engineers, because this is an engineering event, um, making your massive moves, making your miracles happen for you and all those who surround you, and making your money. That naturally happens. So you want to be positive and claim it. Start declaring, I'm going to be what? Because I surely said I'm going to be on that stage next year. Start claiming it. Declare it. Um, own it and make it happen for yourself. So predictive. Um, I talked about knowing what you want, but, um, and this is just not, don't accept your surroundings to be your own reality, right? Because you control your surroundings. You have people that have had nothing come from, I mean, the street, from selling, or do just all kinds of things, um, homeless, to being um, billionaires and or millionaires. And so think about that. Don't accept your surroundings today as the only, this is not your destiny. This is just a part of your journey. And so accept the fact that, yeah, you know, my account may not look like what it wants to today, but I, I am capable and I am confident and I am courageous enough to yield the results in my life that I want to yield. Um, and so trust that you have the talent. So I would offer, if there's an area of interest for you, and you read a book once a month, in five years, you become a SME in that area. People will call you to talk about it. People will reach out to you. You start making all kinds of residual income, flows from your ability to be talented. So if there's an area of interest, become very proficient at that. Become an expert in that. Bring the energy and the passion because you love doing that, right? Getting back to your joy. It's a natural thing for you to do. So keep that in mind as you're progressing and just be very deliberate that you don't have an infinite amount of time, right? Set those goals and objectives and make moves and move out on them. All right, well, thank you, Adrienne, that was great. I hate to follow her, but hey. All right, so if you truly want to change your life, you must first change your mind. So Adrienne just talked about how choosing your words, right, really will shape and change your future. And you do that by understanding, you know, what your passion is, what your purpose is, you know, what your dream is to help propel you to the next level. So believe it or not, our beliefs about ourselves really are truly powerful, right? And so the thing is, is that they can either help us move us forward or they can stifle our progression. So we're gonna talk a little bit about our mindsets and how important those are. So I've selected six topics to cover, but before we delve into those, I want to ask you a question, and I have a gift card for the person who has the right answer. So, who knows the gentleman that said that he would be the black Warren Buffett? Jay-Z, yes, you got it. Hey, this is the gift card here. It's like it sucks, we'll get it at the end. All right. <laughs> So anyway, yes, Jay-Z. Jay-Z had a complete mind shift, right? If anybody knows anything about Jay-Z, he started off as what? A drug dealer? He went from a drug dealer to a rapper to a businessman to a, to a business. And when I say business, I mean a brand, right? So which is an extension of himself. He was able to figure out how to monetize his rapper persona by investing in himself. So he leveraged the skills and the talents that he had as a rapper to invest in a clothing company, to create a record label, to invest in a sports team, all of that, right? And he became a billionaire at the age of 49. Now, what is the thing that he did? He, he basically scripted his life by the raps he was 
saying. He believed it so much, right? And then he actually put action to it. So just saying something and just believing it, it's not going to just happen, right? You actually have to go through the steps to put action to your words. So we're going to go through some ideas here. So embracing your wealth. All of us are uniquely made. All of us have something about us that's unique. We all have skills and talents that are going to propel us forward and that's going to open the doors for us, right? And it's going to make room for us, right? But we have to believe it, right? We need to be so convinced that our talents are what's going to get us that next opportunity and that next job. But we do have to hone our skills, right? And we have to continue to be learning. The next one is positioning ourselves for opportunity. So, you know, Adrian was talking about opportunities. When an opportunity comes to you, if you're not prepared, that opportunity is you're going to miss it. It's going to pass you by. So you have to have a vision and also a plan in order to get there. So if you want to get from A to B to C, well, there are some things that you have to do in order to get there, right? You have to make sure that you are planning and that you're making sure that everything is strategic. So you're strategic about your life in order to make sure that you don't miss an opportunity. Opportunity. So if that means going to get additional education, if that means getting certified in an area, if that means getting experience, then you go and you do that. One thing I would say is that you know, sometimes we focus on building our resumes, but it's not about building your resume and checking off the box and saying, hey, I got this job and I had this job over here. It's really about getting the necessary experiences that you need that's going to hone your skills, that's going to continue to make you marketable, right? Because just taking a job to take a job and it's not really getting you on the path to where you want to go, it doesn't make a difference, right? It's not going to get you there. The next one is showing up every time, and that one is pretty self-explanatory, right? Being, being where you're supposed to be, being in the room. If you get invited to a space or to a room into a meeting, um, I'm thinking about in like in a corporate setting. Generally, we have, you know, a table in the middle and then you have the seats on the outskirts. Don't be the person on the outskirts, right? Always sit at the table. Sit at the table. Be that person that's showing up and that's contributing. Have something to say. Be able to, you know, add value to the conversation because that's, you know, how you're going to stand out. That's how you're going to be that person that's going to be looked at, right? Oh, okay, she, she's not just here, right? But she's showing up physically, but also mentally, and she's contributing, right? The next one is visualizing what you want. So having an idea is the starting point, but you also have to add action to, to, to whatever you, you're thinking about. Now, I want to share a story with you, and this is a very basic story, and this is from back in the day, right? So when I was in, I think, elementary, middle school, my friends and I and, and my cousins, we used to play a lot, and we would play inside and outside, but we would make up our own games. So we didn't have the little, you know, games that the kids play today, right? So we just make up our own games. So we, you know, play schools, or we play house, or we play business. And I remember my uh, cousin had asked me, she said, well, how much do you want to make when you grow up? said $50,000. Now, you know, back in the 80s, I thought that was a big deal, right? <laughs> $50,000. I thought, you know, I'd be able to have a really good life. There's no one in my family that makes that much money. That's what I want to make. So let's fast forward to high school when I was looking at career options. What do I want to, you know, go and pursue as a degree? So I looked in a, a you know, list of uh, careers and I said, well, you know, I like science. I like math. You know, I like the STEM career field. And so I selected mechanical engineering, and so that's the, de the degree that I pursued. Do you know that my first job, which was at General Motors, what do you think my starting salary was? <laughs> it was. It was $50,000 for real, right? So when I look back, I'm like, wow, just visualizing and just saying something, mm -hmm. right? 
you hear yourself saying it, it gets into your subconscious, right? And believe it or not, it's like you start kind of walking down that path, but some action has to be put with it, right? So if I didn't continue to study hard, if I didn't continue to go and pursue, you know, and be excellent in what I was doing, then I would not have attained that degree and I wouldn't be an engineer and still be an engineer after 20 years, all right? The next one is being an oddity. You know, being somebody that stands out, somebody who's thinking outside of the box. Be that person that's willing to take a challenge. Be that person, you know, that's um, solution driven. You know, it's okay to do things a little bit different. If we're all the same, it does, it's not really, you know, it's not enough diversity, you know, so it's like you wanna do stuff different. You don't wanna do things the same. And that's how those great ideas come out. And then lastly, uh, breaking the curve. So when I say breaking the curve, um, what I mean is all of us do a good job. We all work really hard, right? Okay, but working hard isn't good enough, right? For us, and I'm just gonna say, this is my opinion, as minorities, we have to work, uh, we have to be above average, and that has to be our baseline. We always have to be working at uh, another level in order to be recognized, unfortunately, right? And so it's, it's up to us to make sure that we are doing those things that's making us stand out, right? Go and do your job, but do some more, right? If you're, get, you know, talk to your boss and find out how can I take some of what you're doing? How can I, you know, start working in this area? Because you're not just staying in one lane. You're not just trying to stay stagnant, are you? Right? You want to continue to progress. And if you do, you're going to have to do things that's going to have to take you out of your comfort zone in order to do so. So it's all about a mindset. All right. So, if you really want to discover if you are on the trajectory to, you know, uh, getting to where you want, you really need to take a self-assessment, and Adrian already talked about that a little bit, but taking a self-assessment and determining, you know, am I really on the trajectory that I really want to be on? Am I doing the things that, are that I'm passionate about? Have I really found my niche where I come to work and I'm excited about it because a lot of us can be doing jobs that we're doing a good job, but you're never really going anywhere because you're not all that passionate, you're not all that excited about it. So you really need to take a self-assessment and understand for yourself, am I really where I wanna be? Is this a place that I wanna continue to put my effort, right? And, and believe that when I put my effort in there, I'm gonna actually yield a return. You know, can I be creative in this space? If not, if it's not really where you wanna be, then try something different. Now, how many of you have uh, heard of the book, um, Think and Grow Rich? Anybody? Okay. I just started reading this book about a week ago, and it's by Napoleon Hill. He wrote this book in the 30s, and so, um, and it's been updated to include some 20th century folks, but he wrote this book to talk about um, the most successful people and the principles that they use in order to become successful, uber successful. I'm talking about people like you know Thomas Edison to uh, Henry Ford to Bill Gates, even Arnold Schwarzenegger and Oprah. Um, all of them have certain certain traits in common. So they talk about 13 principles, and, and a couple of the ones that they talk about would be a persistence and visualization, right? Persistence, and you guys know what persistence is, you know, you just, you keep on reaching and you never stop. So that's a basic principle, but sometimes it can be missed. People think some things are just so basic that, oh yeah, I know, be persistent, oh yeah, don't, you know, never give up. Well, really, never give up, right? If you're an inventor, just like, say, George Washington Carver, if he would have gave up and said, well, you know, that on the night, you know, 99 times I failed, but on that hundredth time, if he didn't keep on going, he would have never known success. 
right? So that's that's an that's an important trait, right? To be able to be someone that's persistent. And there are other things that I encourage you guys to read the book. Can't give it away, you know. But <laughs> you can read the book. Um, but uh, so so yeah, read that and understand how the, the most successful people become successful, and you guys can be as successful as they are. So continuing on on results and measuring yourself. So it's important to you know make sure you understand if you've met your goal or not. How do you measure yourself? So there are very tangible and intangible ways of measuring yourself. So I like the SMART method where you're very specific about your goals, right? You under you actually, we'll use a, a very basic example. You want a, a degree, a mechanical engineering degree. Well, what does it really take? How do you measure that you've actually met that goal? Well, you, you measure the goal by saying, well, this is the criteria in order to get there. And so this is basically, you, you can use this for anything, right? But this is how you measure it. If I complete this curriculum, then I, you know, I am going to be able to be eligible to receive this degree. Is it achievable? Is it something that you actually want to invest your time in? Is this something that you actually have the money to do? Is it something that you want to do? Is it relevant? How does that fit into your life? And you'd have to figure out the relevance. And then time-based, setting actual uh, milestones to get to a place and not just saying, oh, I want something, but there's no you know, set time that you're going to be done with it. Saying I want to go get a degree, well, what does that mean? Are you going to, when are you going to get started? I mean, if it takes you 20 years and, you know, and the thing is that sometimes it does take people a long time, but if you really want to maximize your life and you want to maximize your opportunities, you may want to set really strategic goals that make sense. If it takes you four years, if you go full time, then, you know, let that be your focus. Or what you could do is, is you can have little small milestones, okay? So, you know, you know, for the first year, this is what I'm going to accomplish. For the second year, this is what I'm going to accomplish. But at the end of the day, you want to be really clear about when you're going to be done because you don't want to, your, your, um, you don't want your time to be extended and you're not able to actually use, you know, what you're pursuing or whatever. So there's, that's a way to measure it. And then also meaningfulness. Meaningfulness is kind of what you feel, you know, about your goal significance, the broader purpose, noble work. When I think about that and I think about the work that I do, I work at Raytheon. And the work that I do, I look at it as being noble work. And the reason why is because we are supporting the war fighters. We are, you know, um, supporting the United States of America and our allies with the products that we provide. So it, it gives me, you know, um, you know, pleasure to be able to be a little small piece of the puzzle. puzzle. We have thousands of people right, that's working at Raytheon, but my piece means something, and if I don't do my part and that person doesn't do their part, we're not going to be able to meet the greater good. So being able to measure yourself both, both tangibly and intangibly are very important. Um, at the end of the day, you're the master of your fate, right, and so you have to figure out what you need to do in order to be successful. Successful can be measured in wealth, it can be uh, measured in your successes or in your achievements. So it's not just money, right? It's whatever you deem to be successful. But, you know, one thing to consider is leveraging the power of knowledge. And I say leverage the power of knowledge because you want to put action. It's not just good enough to know something. You have to actually go use the knowledge that you have. Expanding your network and possibly joining uh, organizations so that you can be in the room with people that, you know, if, if you want to get to a certain place, be around the people who are already doing it, right? Pick their brain. You don't have to go and reinvent the whole wheel. Be around folks, network, let people know what you want to do. Um, identify mentors and advocates. So mentors are key. People, you need mentors in order to bounce 
information off of. You need people that are in your corner that you can talk to, that can help guide you. And you also need advocates to be in the room for you that's championing for you. You need someone that can vouch for you and say, yeah, I know this person and I know what they can do. And, you know, I, I know what kind of a result you'll get by working with this person. So it's really, you know, um, important to have those type of relationships. So for the last three, I'm going to hand it over to Eric and he's going to close us out. Home. You're listening to Choose Your Words, Change Your Future, Top Money-Making Communication Techniques, a professional development seminar featuring Adrian Somerville, Rickia Higgins, and Eric Moore. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference, uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. ladies aren't they my goodness I was just thinking I'm glad I wasn't in school with them <laughs> it's the beauty of being a neuroscientist and coming from a biomedical uh, science background versus an engineering background so a couple of things I want to take it take it home before we get into the question and answer session but develop a framework and an action plan developing an action plan and, and, and actually Adrian highlighted a lot of that in terms of how you write some of these things down um, even though that's kind of the external and the business side, but she also talked about things like a vision board. So there's many, many ways to manipulate, you know, your own subconscious mind. I'm going to get into that a little bit more in a second. Understand money management discipline. Obviously, you know, as you want to be uh, affluent and wealthy and whatnot, but you don't want to have a poverty mindset as you're moving forward. It's almost a spiritual law. It's, it's, it's bizarre. You know, Reverend Ike, anybody ever heard of Reverend Ike in this room? He talked about this years ago, although my grandmother would say, that Reverend Ike, he ain't nothing but the devil. He, he's, and so he's selling prayer cloths, and I was running from Reverend Ike, and I happened to look on YouTube. They've got all his stuff on YouTube now. I said, oh, my God, Reverend Ike, he was on to something. So I'm a Reverend Ikeite now. Uh, and then, of course, kind of going back into the speaking the life that you want into existence. So we've talked a bit about kind of the external communication piece that you have to have when you talk to people. And there's an, the internal side as well. We focused a lot on that when we talk about manifesting our success. Before I get to that, I want to highlight a couple of things, but I want to talk about a couple of techniques that you can use. So this is one I personally use called the mirror technique. So you can use the mirror technique, obviously, if you're preparing for a speech or to talk. You get in the mirror. It's very simple. And you pretend, and you can just speak um, ad lib and improvise. Give yourself a, a topic, almost like you're a Toastmasters. Get in the mirror and start practicing. Watch your facial twitches. Watch your mannerisms. Get your pacing down when you breathe. Has anybody ever been talking and you get out of breath a little bit? Right? You start doing that. It's something simple that you can do. Breathe and slow down. Just relax. Smile. That can give you a good pause, right? right? Smile. <laughs> That's not the technique I'm using right now. I'm just trying to share some love with you, right? But beyond that, in addition to that, so coming from the Army, we always talk about the three C's. We talk about success. We talk about character, first and foremost. No one wants to be on the team with someone who's uh, conniving, backstabbing, uh, dishonest, but someone with good character. Also, just being a good team member, someone who's selfless, has selfless service. Beyond that is competence. We talked a lot about folks visualizing, but you kept hearing how you've got to have an action plan. You've got to have an action plan because you've got to put the work in. You gotta walk the talk. So beyond 
competence, being the best that you can be. The next one we talk about, so we talk about character, competence, and commitment. Folks that are gonna be there to the end to get the, get the work done, the job done. But something that's bigger than them. Last but not least, so I added my own key to the, to the Army three C's. I have five C's. The next one is courage. Because many times, look, in God's green earth, if never been and never will be the one you, 20 seconds later, your parents would have conceived an entirely different child. Just the mere fact that you came into this existence in the history of man and woman, as many humans have been on the earth, you are very unique and special. And when you really understand that, you're free. Beyond that, having confidence. So as you have more courage, you'll start to develop a track record and you develop some confidence. So I believe strongly, and I've lived it and seen it. Now, they talked a lot about um, some excellent um, materials and some books and things you can use. So I wanted to highlight a couple because, Nakia, uh, you talked about thinking grow rich. And they've updated it. So for me, my father had the old version that was written way back in the early uh, 20th century, and I just couldn't feel it as I was reading Think and Grow Rich. But as I got older and had more persistence, I sat down and, and read that book for the first time, truly cover to cover. It was good, but it didn't resonate with me so much. So I read another book by Maxwell Maltz called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. Psycho and that was good, but I was like, eh. So then I moved on to read a, a book called uh, As a Man Thinketh by Richard Allen. Okay, this is getting in the ballpark. I'm feeling this a little bit. Right, I see you nod your head. Have you seen, read that book as well? Anyone read it? This room? Then, anyone ever heard of the science of success? It was actually originally called the science of getting rich. With the secret, truth be told, the secret, the movie, they were really talking about Wallace Water, uh, Watkins' book, uh, The Science of Success. And then the one for me that just totally opened my mind up. Unfortunately, I didn't discover this book till I was probably a major in the Army and like in my late 30s. But it was a book called uh, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. And that was the book. Also, he was, I think he was a chemist by, by training, which is kind of more in my sphere. So maybe that's why we connected. But this is an outstanding book. The point is, there are many, many, many materials out there. Find something that resonates with you. Use it. Stay inspired. Um, have a network of friends. Have a network of people that can help. Definitely don't be around the negative thinking people. So we're talking about communication. There's, there's external, there's internal. So part of that internal is what gets into your subconscious, what you think about. What you think about is what you become. You think you're going to get, you think about 50000 that's going to be your salary. But it also works in a negative way, okay? From a negative side, what happens is things that you have strong passion and you don't want to happen, that generally is what becomes of your life. I'll give an example. My boss was in a position and I would go to meetings for him, and I'd say, whew, his, his job sucks. I don't ever want his job. <laughs> and so I said, well, I called my wife. And I said, hey, I'm going to work real hard to make sure he stays, because I know he's stressed. <laughs> he's stressed, and I don't want his job. So I'll go to the meetings for him. I'll take one for the team. I'm trying to keep him here at least five years. So I went to him. I said, Joe, how long are you going to be here? He said, oh, at least five years, Eric. I said, great, great. <laughs> so then one day he came in. He called all of his executives in. He said, I have an announcement to make for you all. I said, I said, what is it? He said, uh, I'm leaving. And all the other guys were like, oh, great, 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 because they were like chomping at the bit to get his job. And I was like, you're leaving me. You're leaving me. How could you do this to me? You told me you're going to be here five years. And then later, I, I felt bad about it. Went back to him, I apologized. I said, I said, Joe, 
I, I, I just didn't do you right. I said, you know, I should be celebrating your success and your victories, blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, Eric, I'm so glad to hear that. He said, and by the way, um, you're going to uh, replace me. <laughs> it, works for, it worked out well, but I will tell you, though, what you think about with strong emotional content becomes your reality. So with that, I don't want to stay up here too long. Uh, I want to get on to the questions. And also, there will be a couple of prizes, perhaps, when you answer certain questions. So um, looking forward to the next phase. Good morning. Um, I, my name is Trish, first of all, and thank you so much for, I've learned so much so far, and I have a question. Um, I never in my life wanted to do one particular thing, and so I've reinvented myself multiple times and been pretty successful at it. Um, now I'm at a point where I'm probably moving more towards retirement in the next few years, and I'm thinking, I still have yet to find that quote-unquote purpose. So I was wondering if you had any kind of any tips or any guidance as to how you determine that purpose in your life that you feel like, you know, this is what I was meant to do. So I would say, what gives you joy in your life? What do you really, really enjoy doing? If you had, if you won the lotto and you had nothing to do but your own personal time, what would you do? I would travel and see the entire world. So, so the question becomes, how might one be able to do that? and be gainfully employed doing that. There are people that do that, right? And, and, and exploring that, I mean, there are ways to even go further with it, but I think that if we really, really have something that we're passionate about, we'll find a way, and, and, and the things will just start to line up in, in unique ways. But part of it is having that courage to really step out and do, because I suspect deep in your heart, you've thought about, you've kind of fantasized a little bit about it, and how you might do it. Yes. You probably even have an approach to how you do it. But you probably say, well, I don't know. That would require me to continue to work because I work for the federal government and we can travel and see the world um, to a certain extent. But, um, and, and yeah, I'm not sure if that's the, the path I want to take. But, you know, sometimes you have to give up something to actually get to that goal. So I'm, you're never quite, I'm never quite sure. Uh, when that actual retirement date would be because I would, there are opportunities to actually go to see the world where I'm currently working. I work for the federal government, so yeah. Um, I haven't visualized how I would do that and I'm willing to go somewhere just so I can get to a spot where then I can see the surrounding areas there and, and travel, so I'm not sure. Just, just real quick, so as a business that's one thing and from a job perspective, but I will tell you that as a member of the federal government as well, I used to have a station in, in Germany. Mm -hmm. My area was everything west of Pakistan, all of Europe and Russia, all of Africa, and in theory, everything south of the Rio Grande, but I would just be in Brazil, Chile, Argentina, and places like that. Right. And so I saw about, in three or four years, I saw 55 different countries and would be there you know, 10 days, 21 days, and whatnot. So there are ways, even within the federal government, and I think you're an IT specialist, are you? No, I'm not. I'm actually an IT, uh, I support the IT community. I'm in academia, so I support uh, academia for that. Um, yeah. There are ways, but we can talk further okay. as well. Okay, thank you. Hi, good morning. Thank you for the insights today. Um, somewhat related to this topic. Let's say I found a mission. Let's say I'm at a point where I am asking for a job 
that you know that allows me to make money and allows me to satisfy my mission. Um, looking for tips for salary negotiation that's actually uh, you've been successful at. So I, I can um, elaborate on this one. Um, there is a lot of data that would indicate that women are not strong negotiators. That's exactly um, my question. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's because um, we tend to not uh, understand and fully appreciate our worth and our value and what we bring to the table. Um, and we sell ourselves repeatedly short based on what we think we lack. And I'll give you an example. Um, there, and there's some data, so I'll quote, there's um, several case studies where men who were um, about 50% qualified approached the position as if they were 80 and 90% qualified. And they negotiated from a standpoint of, you're lucky to have me join your team. Women who are 80% qualified will tend to focus on the 20% that they lack and sell themselves short going into the negotiations. So the key is a paradigm shift that I'm worthy um, I bring a great deal of talent and potential and commitment and dedication to the team. Um, I am the person to pick. And knowing that kind of gets into your psyche of, I'm going to demand it, and you're not going to accept anything less than that. Um, there, and, that and that's all how you approach it, being very confident, being very competent, all the C's Eric mentioned. That's how you approach it and getting into the game. Um, your worth is, is a value to any organization. And I'll give you an example. So I was um, not going to take a position. I actually didn't take it. I accepted it and then declined it because I had a better offer. Um, but then they appealed to the noble work that I would be doing in this position. So I, so I accepted it for a period of time. And then I was told, geez, if you had asked for a retention bonus, we would have paid you. Now, you know, I was sick. I was, I was like, why didn't I think to ask? I go, okay. You're, I, I turned away a signing bonus. You can see I'm still like traumatized by this. <laughs> I, was like, I walked away from a signing bonus, some stock options to come back to do this good work and never thought. And it was a woman who told me after the fact that you should have asked for a signing bonus because they would have given it to you. Although my male counterparts all were getting that. So doing your research, know what's available for you to ask for, and you ask for the moon when you walk in. If you fall short, you're still amongst the stars. But you go in saying, I want everything, and it may seem unrealistic to some, but it's going to be what you're going to demand, and say, well, this is it. And you be very strong in, I am worthy of all that I've asked for, and unless you're going to come to my terms, it's no deal. And oftentimes, they will come to your terms. That's helpful, thank you. It definitely summarizes your look confident, you'll come across confident thing. And, and, and ask for all that you want. Yep. Not like, I'll ask for two out of five. No, I want all five. That's where we start negotiations. Thank yeah. you. Um, for I, you know what, I will get that, I do. Um, and I have some several case studies, because that's a big conversation at Harvard, because women today aren't being pa paid equally. Right, for the same jobs that we're performing. But part of it is we go in willing to accept less. Um, and I was thinking, I never thought of asking for that, but I should have asked for that. Um, but my male counterparts thought, well, if you want me to come, this is what you're gonna have to pay me, and they were successful at it. Yes, Camille. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Yvette. My question today, I'm actually asking, asking for tips. 
We gain our confidence when we're feeling supported from family, friends, coworkers. How do you, what did you do when you weren't feeling supported in an initiative that you wanted to take, be it from family, a coworker, friends? How did you persevere, especially when it's continuous and you have to greet it every day? There's a point where you want to break, but how did you handle that and continue? I think for me, when I want something, you know, I just stay focused on it. And I can actually get into a place where I can get siloed, where it's like, you know what? If I don't have the support of folks, I'm going to be my own champion. I'm going to be my own support. I'm going to go and I'm going to do my research. I'm going to read because, you know, you can find mentors from people who you don't even know. You don't necessarily have to have a person that you see day to day. I can go read a book and read about who, like I was referring to the Think and, and Grow Rich book, right? Sure. You, there are a lot of people out there that are successful that you can use as baselines, right? And let those people be your mentors. Let those people be those motivators for you, right? And then you champion for your own self. You go and, you know, you push for it. So that's what I do. One of the things that I think has worked for me, because we all face opportunities in life, but also challenges, and challenges where we may not feel as good about ourselves as we would like to. And so what I always do, all the work that you just heard Robert Kia talk about, but also you just need one good person to listen to you, one good person to support you. And so one good friend, one good colleague, and of course you don't want to overwhelm them too much sometimes, but, <laughs> but, but, but just one person that you can lean on and, and it's also where I talk about the mirror technique as well. You know, um, get in there and, 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 and look at yourself, and see yourself, and just talk to yourself sometimes. Um, go back, have, have a good colleague. Stay away from all the negative. Sure. Backbiting, all those kinds of people. Just totally, totally stay away from them. You almost have to have your, your mind as a, as a garden, right? You got to protect this precious garden that's your mind. Um, you can't listen to gossip. You can't listen to backbiting. All these things are having, you know, subconscious effects on you that are telling you you're less than this, that, and the other. And so you got to constantly build yourself up. And this is not just this lifetime, right? This goes back ancestrally and generationally yes. for a long time. So it's going to take a huge, you know, cathartic movement to get rid of some of this. So I believe that just having that that resiliency and, and, and that grit and, and hanging out with just one good friend, that, that can really help. So I'll, I'll ask you and add to um, what was said. Do you have a mentor? I do. I have several and for different things in my life where I need assistance. So that's key, right? If you don't have a mentor in this room, I highly recommend you not only find a mentor, but you be a mentor, right? We lead at all levels. Leadership is at all levels, and we all have something to offer. And so it's very important that you have multiple mentors um, for various things in your life. Um, whether it's a professional thing or a personal thing, um, but you want to have advocates and you also want to have sponsors. Now, those are different roles that yes. people play, right? So I can be a mentor and I'm going to coach you. We're going to, you know, I'm going to question you. I can also be an advocate where in, behind closed doors in the boardroom, I have your back, rest assured. And then I can be a sponsor where I'm moving obstacles all the time that will enable your success when you don't even know it, having those hard, crucial conversations. So those individuals serve as allies. Now, I also have a little Powerpuff girl 
So that's the ride or die girl that you want to come in like, can you believe that you can get a little comfortable in how you share, even if it's over a little cocktail. But um, I definitely think you need to have a little power puff girl that you can just come out and just, you know, let it all out. Someone that builds you up. They know you inside and out, your alter ego. It's a safe environment. There's no shade and there's no judgment. And that usually level sets me back to, okay, you're right. I've got this. Um, and inviting those that are not your allies into the room, th those are the ones you want to win over and that you can win over. And some become your best supporters after you kind of face them head on to say, okay, look, now we, we, there's, a, there's a common area here. Let's address that and then we'll work back with where we're separate on certain issues. Um, but, you know, lowering the bar and making it more about the human factor, the character that you and I bring, that we're all on the same team. Those are how we get to some of those hard um, places and get through them in the work environment. But I do believe you want to have a support system and an accountability partner. Someone that says, when you go back and say, when I get to work on Monday, I'm going to go ahead and set that meeting up. They're going to call you on Wednesday and say, what happened with the meeting? Um, and then it holds you accountable to be um, definitely committed to what you say you're going to do. But the mentorship, you have to have one. Um, I would not be in front of you today had it not been for amazing uh, mentors. And I will offer my mentors, many did not look like me. Um, right. They wore uniforms to work. Um, and the diversity of thought that I've been able to get from my multiple mentors um, is just phenomenal, just a different perspective. And that's really what you need someone, because sometimes they know more than you. They've got a little bit more insight. You want someone that's going to, you know, talk you off the ledge when you need to and call you out um, if need be. So you definitely want to have those ride or die mentors. Thank you all. And I'm wanted Powerpuff Girl. I'll put the ad out there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So for those three ladies, I want to recognize the C's. So it took a lot of courage to come forward and ask your question and to be first, right, to be that oddity, um, to step forward. <clears throat> we have three books. Now, these books were comprised of women, just like you all, and they told their stories, and they've overcome obstacles in their life. So getting back to what Eric said, th this in itself will motivate you. So before you leave today, please come forward and collect your books. For those who of us who didn't have the courage, what's the name of that book? <laughs> <laughs> it's My Name is Mommy, because these are women that had to balance it all, um, but they are trailblazers and leaders in their own right, um, and rock stars, believe it or not. Well, I'm one of them. So to be honest, it's, a, it's actually, it's a, um, it's a collaborative effort of just a bunch of personal stories from different women. Hello. So on the topic of mentors and advocates, I've had wonderful mentors and advocates that, been, that have been both male and female. So I was reading an article recently that said, because of the Me Too movement, men are pulling back from being mentors. So what would you say to men um, as far as uh, encouraging them to be mentors for women? So I guess that's for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, what, the way I always talk to gentlemen is this way. Um, carry yourself in such a way that your reputation um, precedes you and is beyond reproach. And then you don't have to worry. 
Now, most men will say, well, I'm still going to have my door open when I have someone in and blah, 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 blah. And that, that's very true. Many feel that way. But I think at the end of the day, it's not being afraid. At a certain point, you can't be afraid. You've got to be effective. Women are an essential part of our workforce, some of the brightest and most innovative folks in our workforce. So to maximize that talent, we've got to do that. And so we have conversations like this all the time um, with my subordinates. We have conversations about uh, Me Too movement. Army has you know, what we call sharp training, sexual harassment, and um, attack re response prevention, et cetera. Um, we have all these kinds of initiatives, but at the end of the day, it's about people, culture, behavior, getting to know people. It's the same sort of thing. I've had a number of guys that I've known for years, some of my fraternity brothers from way back when, they say, I don't really believe men and women can be friends. And I say, what? They say, no, you know, there's always going to be some tension between them because one probably likes the other and all this kind of <laughs> foolishness, right? Um, I, I think as we become friends, humans, um, socialize with each other, go to work, go to lunch, these sorts of things, and truly get past some of the, the, the barriers and stigmas. Um, but for us as men, one thing that I always talk about is we've got to change our culture. There are certain things we've been doing a long time that were just wrong. Um, and it, it, the way we talk, right? I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I don't want to be too, because it might, somebody in here might know what I'm talking about. I got a couple of my, my, my folks over here. Um, but I've seen female executives walk in a room, and I've seen some of the general officers walk in, and they say, how you guys doing? Hey, fellas, this, that, and the other. And then I, and I never really thought much about it. I was happened to be sitting next to one of these exec executives one day, and she said, I guess I'm not here. And I thought about it, and I said, wow, I think you're right. And so even using the term you guys versus you folks, um, and I know people say, oh, you guys are getting silly. you got to be way too PC. But we've got to change our culture. And I always just say, if we could have a civil rights movement and change some of that culture that went on in the Jim Crow South to a large extent, we, can, we men can change too. I would like to say something. So I think it's really important for us to have a diverse set of mentors, mm -hmm. right? And that includes men. Men have a, a different perspective, right, than women have. And so it's really to our advantage to make sure that we diversify the people that are giving us advice and that kind of thing. Um, but we could do some due diligence by, you know, figuring out ahead of time, you know, because you can, you can look for informal and formal mentors. You can go and do some research and, and kind of watch the behavior of a certain person, right, if you want that person to be your mentor and see how they interact, right, with women and with even their male counterparts. How do they act? Is that a person that you want to be around? Is that a person that, you know, is treating people with respect, right, that they line up with your values and then you can go from there? But I don't think that, you know, women should shy away from being around men because they're, they're part of our environment. We all need each other, so... But I, I think that's a good point. Make sure that that's a, a person that treats people with dignity and respect. If a person has a certain reputation and you know it, um, mm -hmm. you might want to stay clear of that individual. Hi, everybody. I'm Maria. I have a comment more than a question. And this information is inside of me, and it's bursting to get out. Because I actually, the person who asked about the salary negotiations, at the last year's conference, there was the same question. Um, so one of the things that I was encouraged to do um, was find out the salary range for your position. 
when you find out the salary range, you can see what you were actually offered and where you fall. So you know how much more that you can ask for. And you can just ask HR, what is the salary range for this position? And what I would encourage you to do is just ask for the most amount of money that they're offering for that position. When you ask for the most amount of money, you can't just ask for it, you should be strategic about it. And you should have your, and this is what I learned, added value, and you have to use the word added value that you're bringing to the position. So you should have three strategic points saying, I bring specific added value to this position. Specifically, I bring point one. I'm a subject matter expert. I worked on this amount of projects, um, your, your second point and your third point. And then ask for whatever you want. You said go for the moon. You need to ask for that company's cell phone. If you want to work four days a week, mm -hmm. ask to work four days a week. I work for the federal government and I asked for this. Most people would say it's not possible within the federal government, but I got what I asked for. And so I'm telling you, like just I've asked for the most and I didn't get it. I asked for the most, I talked about my added value and I got what I wanted. So I'm just telling you, like, for me, it's important to be strategic. And I just wanted to share this with all of you so that you kind of have a little bit idea of how to um, negotiate for more money. So my name is Alicia Mack. I work at the Kohler company. I design toilets. So our consumers are women. Although it's a nasty toilet and we don't really want to touch them and things like that. But how do you market your diversity to a group? So I'm a mechanical engineer. Our consumers are women. And we may have one or two women within our group that brings that perspective to the design of a toilet. And just saying, hey, my diversity is what's going to help bring this company to the next level. Because we're designing products for women, but we have men doing it. So how do you feel comfortable with raising your hand and saying, hey, I'm here because you need me, because who you're marketing to look like me, and they're not taking our perspective in? So one of the things I would say is um, being a contributor, right? So you know that you have good ideas. You know, you know the audience. You know you're part of the user group, right? Um, and so it's very hard to discredit um, contributions. And so when you're proficient and you're knowledgeable and you're constantly bringing solutions to the team, being prepared and offering, it's kind of hard to ignore that, right? Now, I know you might think, well, someone might take the credit, right? They might say what you said and you're like, I just said that. But then it becomes a great <laughs> idea when they say it. Um, but women, we're getting smart about that too because we're reaffirming, well, that's kind of exactly what she just yeah. said. Yeah. Um, good. So, Jack, that was great. Lisa just made that same comment. <laughs> yes. And calling but it out. But being one of the only oh, women in a room, I feel like I have to do that. that for myself. I'm like, hey, 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 you know, I just brought that up about two minutes ago. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, did you guys hear that's the same thought I was explaining? Mm -hmm. um, and so, but continuing to re reinforce that and reaffirm that, right? And it's kind of hard to discredit the value you bring and just be positive and confident about it. And then, you know, claim what you just did, yeah. you know, let that be yours. It's just like, that was just exactly, and when it goes forward, it's known that that was your contribution. Thank you. Yeah. I've seen another way this works as well. And that is talking about other people taking credit for your ideas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your boss knows that you mm -hmm. supported them and they've been taking credit for you. Mm -hmm. And eventually they start giving you more authority right. and promoting mm -hmm. you because they recognize that their success has hinged upon you. Thank you.
Well, you guys were awesome. Um, I guess we'll close it out with a comment. Um, I'm delighted that you took the step and the initiative to be here. I hope you found this very useful and beneficial and that you continue to share your stories and build your network throughout the next couple of days. Um, something my grandmother, who was my mentor before mentoring became mentoring, um, always said you know, to me that I was great. And knowing that you all are great, no, the second thing she said was greatness can never be contained. So I'll leave you with that thought. Okay, the one last thing that I would like to leave with you is there is a quote that has stuck with me since college and it's excuses are tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of nothingness. Those who specialize in them seldom specialize in nothing else. Right, so you know, let that kind of germinate, right? Go and make money moves. Do what you need to do to get where you want to go. Don't make any excuses, just go do it. All I would say is get in the mirror, look at yourself, look in your heart, look in your soul, and make it happen. Because all of you in this room are awesome, you're outstanding. You've got outstanding degrees, backgrounds, experiences. We need you. And I definitely need you in my organization, so I'll take resumes on the side. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Choose Your Words, Change Your Future. Top money-making communication techniques. A professional development seminar. Featuring National Industrial Business Operations Director for NAVAIR, Adrian Somerville. CIO Project Manager for Raytheon Company, Rikia Higgins. And Director for the U.S. Army, Eric Moore. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Women of Color STEM Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www womenofcolor.net For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101